0: Goodness. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you, I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Saturday, February 17th. Oh, I'm so excited. We made it through the week. We made it to the weekend. Today is Saturday. I apologize. It is a Saturday, not a Friday. I try to record on Fridays. I don't feel bad at all, though. I really don't. Um, the show is better, yesterday, uh, better today than if I'd done it yesterday. If I tried to record a show yesterday, it would have been awful. Um, I, I, had, you know, I, had, I had a hard week. I had a really crazy week of school. I apologize. Um, I, here, here's how crazy this week was. I'm in the middle of my last test yesterday, on Friday, and my professor goes, are you ready for your midterm? And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Oh, that's why I've had four tests and two papers. It's midterms. I didn't know. I'm, I'm an idiot. I didn't realize. Um, I appreciate you guys so much. Again, this was the busiest week of school I've had all year. And and I just thank you so much for your support. We are growing like crazy. It is awesome. It is so much fun. You know, I didn't put out, I was so busy this week. I didn't put out one of the small five-minute videos at all. And yet we still grew by like 15 subscribers. I'm like, what? It's crazy. It's so cool. You guys are awesome. I love this show. We have a big LeBron James story today. But I want to start with this. Whether you are gay, straight, Lesbian, whether you're into men, women, or you are a man or a woman, when you pick a significant other, you do not settle. So I'm reading all the mock drafts. And all these mock drafts have the Cleveland Browns drafting Saquon Barkley number one overall. So the Browns have the number one overall pick and the number four overall pick. And people believe, people actually believe That the Cleveland Browns will pick Saquon Barkley with the number one overall pick. See who the Giants select and take whatever quarterback is left. What? You actually believe that? What? Quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. I said that slow so you could understand. You think the Cleveland Browns are going to wait and see and let the Giants decide who their quarterback is. They're going to let the Giants determine who the Cleveland Browns quarterback is. Hugh Jackson will lose his job if the quarterback position does not get figured out. You think they're going to take whatever's left over? Leftovers are for after dinner. When you, when you are getting pie after Thanksgiving dinner, that's when you wait and see. You wait and see whatever piece of pie is left over. When you buy a car or a house... You buy whatever car or house you want. You go and get what's best for you. You don't wait and see. You don't settle. I think the marriage analogy is best. This could potentially be a 10 or 15 year relationship. Whoever you choose at quarterback, you better be sure it's the right one. Pick the guy you want and the Cleveland Browns should pick the guy they believe in. If the Browns don't pick a quarterback with the number one overall pick, I will blast them. I promise you. I will not be easy on them. Do not wait and see what's left over. <laughs> you, never, you never know what's going to happen. Yes, the Browns do have the f- number four overall pick, but maybe the Colts who have an, a quarterback, it seems like they make a trade. You want a Josh Allen. Suddenly Josh Allen is gone. The Cleveland Browns have a chance to control their own destiny. And yet you're telling me they should not do that? They should wait and see what the Giants do? No. No, no, no. How did settling work when you waited in the draft and picked Brady Quinn? Or Sean Kaiser? Or Brandon Whedon? How did that work out? It didn't work out. The Cleveland Browns should pick a quarterback with the number 1 overall pick. Their old way of working doesn't work. They are the losing their worst franchise in NFL history because their mindset with quarterbacks has not worked until now. Don't do the same don't make the same mistakes you've made in the history of your franchise. Pick a quarterback with the number 1 overall pick. Would you love to have Saquon Barkley? Of course you would. Every franchise in the NFL would love to have Saquon Barkley. But again, the quarterback is the most important position on your entire roster. The Browns should pick a quarterback with a number one overall pick. Don't screw this up. You've screwed up so many times before. Pick the guy you want and pick the quarterback you believe in. You wouldn't You wouldn't wait for leftovers when you pick a, a spouse. My wife is the woman I want. I'm not going to pick someone that, oh, you know, that's whoever's left over. No, no, no. No, pick the quarterback you want and pick the quarterback you believe in. I was going to start with something else. I wasn't planning on talking about this first, but I'm taking a shower, getting ready for the show. And I'm like, man, I can't believe people believe that. I cannot believe people actually think the Browns should wait and see. Yeah, let the Giants pick your quarterback. That's a great decision. Ugh, drives me nuts. Drives me, <laughs> drives me bonkers. I, I know you want Saquon Barkley a bit. Come on, guys. Get it right. Get it right at the quarterback position. We have a great show today. I'm so excited. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about LeBron James. There is a, well, not a lot about LeBron James, but there is one reason why the Lakers should trade Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball. Trade all three of their young core. Trade all three of their young stars to get something. The Lakers should make that trade. They should trade Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and Brandon Ingram. I'm also going to talk about A.J. McCarron. He became a free agent Uh, this last week, and that'll be really fun. I'm I'm really excited to talk about that. Kirk Cousins, should he go to the Browns? I I know I've talked about this many times before, but I have an interesting perspective, a cool analogy I like doing. Uh, I think that'll be fun. We're going to talk about Rex Ryan. We're going to talk about which running back is best for the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL draft. And my friend Lara came over on Thursday. Lara Schick is awesome. She's a broadcaster at Washington State. She came over on Thursday. We recorded a little bit together, which I'm going to put into, I'm going to insert that into the end of the show. Remember, you can't subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, Google Play now. I think Spotify is coming. For, I don't, I have no idea what's happening with Spotify. I inserted my proposal. I'm waiting on them. But man, I, I just got to gotta say thank you so much to you guys. You guys are killing it. We are going like crazy, and that's because you guys are telling your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you love this show as much as I do, and this is my favorite thing in the entire world, tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Help me grow the podcast by telling your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Man, I, I love doing this so much. Uh, in, in case you tune out early, on Monday, I think it's President's Day, I don't have classes. So on Monday, my show is gonna come out much, much earlier, hopefully around noon, because I, I have the day off, I don't have classes, I don't have work. What I can do is get, edit the show and get it out much earlier than normal. All right, I want to I go here next. Do you remember when smartwatches were announced? Yeah, smartwatches were cool for about five minutes, maybe three days. You could listen to music. On a smartwatch, you could answer your phone. You could talk into the thing like James Bond. Oi, governor. It was cool. It was fun. Agent, Agent Zach, whatever it was. I don't know. But then I realized, I was all excited about the smartwatch. And then I realized my phone can do everything a smartwatch can do, but my phone can do even more. I and mean, I recognize the new smartwatches can check your pulse or whatever. That, that's cool, great, whatever. But if I had to choose between a phone or a smartwatch, I'm choosing a phone. Because your phone can do more. Your phone is capable of doing more things. So this last week, AJ McCarron won, the grievance, won his grievance against Cincinnati, which makes him a unrestricted free agent. So AJ McCarron can sign with any team he wants. And you're probably asking who in the world is AJ McCarron? And that says it all right there. If I feel like I have to explain who AJ McCarron is, it's probably not, That's probably a problem, right? So AJ McCarron is the Bengals backup quarterback. He won a championship. I think multiple championships with Alabama. He seems like a good quarterback, but the media, some people in the media got really excited. I read headlines like this. Hot new quarterback in the free agent market, A.J. McCarron, will shake things up. What? No, he won't relax. A.J. McCarron, he's a backup. This guy couldn't start. A.J. McCarron couldn't start over Andy Dalton. So, so A.J. McCarron has four NFL starts, six touchdowns and two uh, interceptions. Now, he should have won a playoff game if you go back and watch... Uh, there was a crazy end to a play. He was he had the lead against the Steelers at the very end of the game. And as the Bengals were running out the clock, one of their running backs fumbled. So technically, A.J. McCarron should have won a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that's more of an indictment against the Steelers. And I think it says something about A.J. McCarron. But regardless, he's not awful. He's not a terrible quarterback. He's a, he has a 64.7% career completion percentage. And that's, that's far better than Cam Newton. I mean, he has pl- Cam Newton's played in more games. But still... A.J. McCarron's not awful. He's not a terrible quarterback. I'm not even convinced A.J. McCarron couldn't be a franchise quarterback. But again, A.J. McCarron couldn't start over Andy Dalton. And I understand. There are politics to this. The Bengals are paying Andy Dalton a ton of money. And A.J. McCarron says he wants a chance to play, which makes us think, oh, well, he probably didn't even ever get a real shot in Cincinnati, even if he was a better quarterback quarterback. The Bengals never even would have given him the option. But, man, Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, Sam Darnold in the draft, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. I'll take all of those guys. I'll take Sam Bradford before I take A.J. McCarron. Winning a Super Bowl is a long journey. That is a long, long process. You know, what, you know what's also a long journey? Going from San Francisco to Los Angeles. I've done that drive many, many times. San Francisco to LA, not a short trip. I Would you rather take a bike to LA or would you rather drive a car from San Francisco to LA? You would take the car because the car is capable of more. It's a better experience. It's a better drive. You, you can get to San Francisco to LA with a bike, but you want the car. AJ McCarron is the bike. The bike is great around San Francisco for a, couple, for a little while. For short-term use, a bike is great. A.J. McCarron is a bike. Kirk Cousins is a car. You want Kirk Cousins for the long haul. You want the full deal. A.J. McCarron's a great short-term fix, but you would sign Kirk Cousins to be your franchise quarterback. A.J. McCarron you're going to bring in to compete. There's a big difference there. I just, I just want to point out, A.J. McCarron is not the guy everyone's like oh agent McCarron, he's changing the free agent market well not sorry not everybody but there are people out there that are like aj McCarron really shakes things up no he doesn't he's a backup maybe an average starter maybe like just below case keenum but we don't know we haven't seen enough film we have no idea and and the fact that people are gonna like my the bears gave mike glennon like a huge contract didn't even use him it's a waste of money it's stupid. I would not assign A.J. McCarron to a huge deal. He's not my franchise quarterback. I'm going to bring him in to compete. Do you remember when Matt Flynn went to the Seattle Seahawks a couple years ago? Signed like a $15 million deal for three years. And then in training camp, he got beat out by Russell Wilson. Yeah, don't make that mistake again. (laughs) Don't do that. Right now, A.J. McCarron's a backup. So you bring him in, give him a chance, but don't assign him like a a giant franchise quarterback because that's simply not what he is right now. For those of you who are confused about the grievance, let me explain this. Uh, When you have four or more seasons in the NFL, you become an unrestricted free agent after your contract ends. What what this means is it's easier for you to leave. So a restricted free agent, unrestricted versus restricted. AJ McCarron is unrestricted. A restricted free agent means the team can match the offer. If you, want to, if you are, play for the 49ers and you want to go to the Rams, the 49ers can match the offer. Or if they don't want to lose you, or if they don't agree to terms, they can put a hold on you and say, you can't leave. And then if you go from the 49ers to the Rams, the Rams have to give you a, compens- a comp- compensatory pick, which means they need to give you a draft pick. It's complicated, newsy stuff. I apologize. But the point is, AJ McCarron, the reason he's an unrestricted free agent now in case you were curious, I don't know if you are, but I'm, I'm trying to explain this. I'm trying to explain this in a in a less complicated way. AJ McCarron came into the NFL with a shoulder injury. Now he passed his physical, which means on paper he was okay. Yet the Bengals held him on the injury reserve list for a long time. AJ McCarron's grievance against the Cincinnati Bengals was: Hey, I was healthy, and I've played three. I've played four years. I should be able to be an unrestricted free agent. But because he didn't play four full seasons because he had the injury, which he's disputed, he said uh, they had him as a restricted free agent. So he disputed it, he won, he became an unrestricted free agent. I don't know if that made sense, but I tried to explain that in a not very complicated way. It's complicated, kind of confusing stuff, even for me. (laughs) As if I'm smart, I'm not smart, whatever. I want to say this though. Here is where A.J. McCarron should go. The Cardinals should sign A.J. McCarron. Or they, they, as you draft a quarterback, the Cardinals should draft a quarterback probably in the second or third round, and sign AJ McCarron. Do what the Seattle Seahawks did a couple years ago with Matt Flynn and Russell Wilson. Bring in a guy who's an unproven backup. He's played really well a couple times, and then draft a guy in the second or third round. Give them each a shot. See what happens. Like if you, here, here's the thing with the Cardinals. The Cardinals have the 15th overall pick. All the good quarterbacks will be gone by the time the Arizona Cardinals have a chance. To draft. It's like Baker Mayfield's gone, Josh Allen, Josh Rose, and Sam Darnold, all gone, all off the draft board. So unless you want like Lamar Jackson, who we have no idea, we have we really don't know, you should sign AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron's stable. He can give you some kind of semblance at quarterback for a couple years, and that would help. Then pick a quarterback in the second or third round. I like Luke Falk. I think Luke Falk is kind of a steal. I've said he's not I've I've said a lot of things back and forth about Luke Falk. I think if you draft him and develop him, he could be successful. And another key is this, Larry Fitzgerald is coming back. Larry Fitzgerald is 34 years old, but what it does is gives whatever quarterback is coming next to Arizona some security. Larry Fitzgerald is one of the greatest receivers of all time, surefire Hall of Famer. He has a ton of locker room presence. He's kind of the face of the franchise right now. This is good. And again, Larry Fitzgerald coming back is really cool and interesting. It was announced last week because he is 389 yards shy of Terrell Owens. He is third all-time, and if he passes Terrell Owens, he will be third all-time in career passing yards, or receiving yards. He's also only 91 catches behind Tony Gonzalez for, again, second overall for catches all-time in the NFL. All right, I'm done. I'm I'm sure sure you guys are like, stop talking about a backup quarterback and the Arizona Cardinals. I hope that was interesting. I don't know. I want to move on to this, though. I, I do have an interesting opinion about the LA Lakers and LeBron James. So I read a piece. I read a piece about the Lakers possibly trading for Anthony Davis. And I, I can't remember who it was. It was, a, it was like a piece of a podcast that got transcribed. But I remember this. The argument uh, against it was, this, this guy was saying they should not make the trade. This guy was saying the Lakers wouldn't do that because the Lakers have a bunch of young stars. Lakers would not want to give up their young stars to get Anthony Davis. I'm going to tell you why that's wrong. I'm going to tell you why the Lakers should trade for Anthony Davis. Here's what I would do. The Lakers want LeBron James. LeBron James is your number one goal this offseason if you're the LA Lakers. Lakers also want to win a championship. Who doesn't want to win a championship? But especially in LA, you want to win a championship ASAP, as soon as possible. You trade Lonzo Ball, you trade Kyle Kuzma, you trade Brandon Ingram, all to get Anthony Davis. You want to bring in Anthony Davis. Then you sign Paul George, and because of that, you sign LeBron James. I'm pretty sure Paul George is going to the Lakers regardless. He he wants to go. Does anybody want to stay in Oklahoma City? Like, no offense to Oklahoma City, but if you have the option, if you're you're a millionaire, I, I promise you, LA, I've lived there. Is the best place to live in the entire world if you're rich. LA is incredible if you have money. And LA to Oklahoma City, that's not much of a comparison, especially if you're from LA, which Paul George is. Paul George is going to the Lakers. And I don't know how the money's going to work out if you have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Paul George. But I know this. I've heard this term used before. When you go to LA, when you go to Arizona, certain places like that, Florida even, they pay you in sunshine, which means you're happy to be there. Like, you think Blake Griffin would rather be in L.A. or Detroit? Because Cleveland or Oklahoma City or L.A., you might take a pay cut to be in L.A., especially if you have a chance to win. So I would I would challenge LeBron James and Paul George. You guys want to win games and play in L.A.? Take a pay cut because that's how you're going to win a lot of championships. That's how you're, you're going to compete for a championship if you want to win in L.A. Now here's why the Lakers should do this. Here's why the Lakers should trade away their entire future. Because it's a little bit crazy. Like Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. That is the future of the Lakers currently. That's like your whole plan is we're going to build this young team and turn them into superstars. Why would you trade that all away for one guy? Just for Anthony Davis? Because you're not guaranteed to get Paul George or LeBron James. Why would you do that? What did we learn from the Super Bowl? What did we learn from the national championship? What did we learn from the college football playoff? Well, the Eagles went for it on fourth and goal right before halftime. They threw a touchdown pass to their own quarterback. Eagles won the game. Eagles took a risk and they won. And Nick Saban in the college football national championship benched his starting quarterback. The guy who took him to the national championship the year before, he benched that guy and put in a freshman quarterback. And guess what? It worked. The risk paid off. Taking a risk helped Nick Saban win a national championship. And then in the college football playoff, Georgia and Oklahoma are playing. And Oklahoma decides not to take a risk. They decide not to go for it on fourth and one with the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. And you lose the game. See, if you take risks, you win. And if you don't, you lose. That's kind of what we learned from. This year's football season, both college and the NFL. You have to take risks in order to win. You want to win championships? You want LeBron James? You got to take a risk. got to risk it for the biscuit. Trading away your young core is a risk, but it is worth it for a chance to win a championship and a chance to bring in LeBron James. Don't forget how important and how powerful having LeBron James would be in LA. And don't get it wrong. The Lakers need LeBron James more than LeBron James needs Lakers. And think about this: LeBron, what does LeBron James have in Cleveland? LeBron James already has a core of young guys. (laughs) What makes the Lakers any different from the Cleveland Cavaliers? Not much. Rodney Hood is 25. Larry Nance Jr. is 25. Jordan Clarkson is 25. Oh, and by the way, you have Kevin Love. So let's compare that to the Lakers. Let's say the Lakers do sign Paul George. You have three young guys and Paul George, or you have three young guys and Kevin Love. Basically, the, the Lakers and the Cavs would be the same exact team. Not really. I know there's a little small differences, but what I'm saying is, if you're going to go for one philosophy, why move to LA for the same exact philosophy? You're, you're too close. If it's, if it's that close, the Bronze, probably just going to stay home and stay with the Cavaliers. So you have to risk it. For the biscuit, you have to take a risk if you want LeBron James. How about you shock LeBron? How about you wow LeBron with a big move that captures the audience and says, we want LeBron James. Go get Anthony Davis. And then once you have Anthony Davis, sign Paul George. And that is how you will get LeBron James. If you're the Lakers, you're doing everything in your power to go get LeBron James and win a championship. That is your goal. Now, here's a key to this trade. If you're going to trade Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball to get Anthony Davis, you know who else I want in that trade? If I'm the Lakers, I want Rajon Rondo. It's small. And and the Pelicans are going to get Lonzo Ball, so it's fine. But I I want Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo has a lot of respect for LeBron James. He's a veteran. He can handle the ball when LeBron isn't in the game. He works well with Anthony Davis. I like Rondo. I think Rondo has a lot of respect for LeBron. And I think LeBron probably has a lot of respect. Like, Rondo will know his place. Rajon Rondo will not try to be Isaiah Thomas. Rajon Rondo understands, just like I think George Hill said this the other day LeBron James' and Batman were a bunch of Robins. Paul, jo- uh, sorry, Rajon Rondo would understand that. He's gotten in fights with people, but you don't get in fights with someone who's arguably the greatest of all time. I want to see Rajon Rondo in that deal with the Lakers. And not to mention, you know this whole LeVar Ball mess where LeVar Ball is threatening the Lakers, if you don't sign my other two sons, Lonzo's not going to re-sign with the Lakers. You don't want to... The Lakers don't want to work with that. LeBron James doesn't want to work with that. It's like a black mark against the Lakers. The Lakers do not want... If I'm LeBron James and I... The Lakers are held hostage by LeVar Ball. I'm not going to the Lakers. Do yourselves a favor. Ship Lonzo Ball off to New Orleans. Bring in Anthony Davis and set the framework to go and have LeBron James. Because Lonzo Ball mess is not going away. And LeVar Ball, it's not even Lonzo's fault. It's LeVar Ball. And Le- LeBron James doesn't want to deal with LeVar Ball. He really doesn't. He's like, I'm too old for this stuff. Like, I'm just, no, 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 no. Like, I don't go to parties much. I don't really care what people think. Because I'm like, I'm too old. I don't care. I'm not going to worry what you think. LeBron James is not going to deal with LeVar Ball. Too old for that mess. No, no. Again, the Lakers should take a risk. They They need to trade Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball to get Anthony Davis. If you can get away with less, obviously do that. But that's probably what it's going to take to get Anthony Davis. But take a risk. Go make a big trade for Anthony Davis sign Paul George, and then secure LeBron James. Take a risk so you can win a, have a chance to win a championship. Because that team, Paul George, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, that could compete with the Golden State Warriors. Because guess what? Anthony Davis can shoot threes. I've seen him shoot threes. It's like, wow, that guy can shoot. He's also incredibly long and big and a ton of rim protection. I want to see Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant square off. When it's a fair fight too, when when it's not Kevin Durant four versus Anthony Davis one, when it's Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Paul George, and somebody, I don't know who else, but man, I want to see that team take on the Warriors because that, that's a matchup worth watching and that's a matchup the Lakers could win and the Warriors could lose. That's the key is the Warriors could lose to Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Paul George. It's fascinating. I love it. I'm convinced, again, Paul George wants to be a Laker. So Lakers should take a risk. Trade Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. So you can get Anthony Davis, then Paul George and LeBron James to have a chance to win a championship. All right, I don't want to talk about this. I, I, I promise. I, I want to make this promise. I love strong opinion sports. It's my, it's my favorite thing in the entire world. Uh I take headlines and stories in sports then I formulate my opinion about them and share them with you guys. I, I think it's very similar to being a stand-up comedian where I try to draw from my own life. I try to make comparisons to this or that and compare them to sports. It's my favorite thing in the world. I love it. I love writing about sports, but I'm a better I'm not a, I'm not good at punctuation, so I'm better talking. This is my I like talking. It's my favorite thing in the world. Well, a news host recently criticized LeBron James for talking about politics. And in my opinion, LeBron James can do whatever he wants. I'm not going to try to control anybody. But I want to make it very clear. I am here for sports. I'm here to talk about sports. You're here to hear me listen about sports. For me, sports is an escape from the bigger issues of the world. I, I, I would hope that my show, I hope Strong Opinion Sports, can be a break from all the outside noise. So again, I want to make a promise. I'm not talking about politics. I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. I promise to stick to sports. The only time I will ever veer away from sports is when I talk about suicide because my brother committed suicide. It's, it's a really big deal to me. and I, I, It's my life's mission. I want to stop suicide. I want to end suicide. It's not really, I don't know how to end that completely, but it's a huge deal. No one talks about it. It means a lot to me because my brother committed suicide. But that's it. That's because I don't want suicides to happen. A, a lot of people on the internet hate me and that, that's fine. But but as long as they hate me for my sports opinions. I want you to hate me because I like LeBron James and Tom Brady. I'm a sports guy, not a politics guy. I don't want you to hate me because I said the wrong thing about abortion or domestic violence. I'm not here for that. I'm not. The day after a big school shooting, I'm going to talk about sports. I'm going to focus on sports. I love my show. It's a ton of work. It's my favorite thing in the world. And I would hope... For you, it's it's a chance to get away from all the outside noise, take a break, and focus on sports. That's what I love about this show. That's why I, I love this thing. I'm in my own little world. I talk about sports, and I only talk about sports. So I hope when you guys have a bad day at school or bad day at work or whatever it is, I hope this show can be a break from all of that. I love strong opinion sports, and I love you guys. It's my favorite thing in the world, and, and I hope my show can be a light that makes your day better. I really do. All right. Let's talk about Kirk Cousins. Um, priorities are a big part of my life, a big part of all everyday life. Now, appearance appearance to me is not a big priority. I don't care much about how I look. I really don't. As long as I don't look disgusting, I'm happy. I'm good enough. I'm like I'm probably like a six point five. I'm a seven out of ten, maybe. Good enough. I'm not worried about it. But I see some couples who go to the gym. They, t- they drink smoothies together they do the protein shake i'm i'm never going to be that guy i play basketball a couple times a week but i'm still gonna eat that twinkie i just i don't i don't appearance is not a thing that matters to me a lot or partying it's not not a priority to me i don't go out to parties i i stay in and i play basketball and i work on my podcast and that's what i do with my free time it's all about priorities L- life is a lot about priorities what do you prioritize what's more important to you like, like again with appearance i'm right in the middle i don't really care Play basketball, eat Twinkies, I'm happy. Joe Thomas is a legend in Cleveland. He's an all-pro left tackle for the Cleveland Browns. He's still playing. I want to make that clear. I don't know if that was clear. Joe Thomas is still playing in the NFL. And he made a pitch to Kirk Cousins. Joe Thomas said to Kirk Cousins, Come to Cleveland. We will build you a statue. And we will make you the richest quarterback in NFL history pay you a ton of money, we're going to put you on the rafters, you're going to be a hero here in Cleveland. Priorities. To me, to me winning and being happy are my number one priority. I want to win and I want to be successful and I want to be happy. We're going to learn a lot about Kirk Cousins this offseason. What kind of guy is Kirk Cousins and what are his priorities? I watched a video recently that said Kirk Cousins is really frugal. Kirk Cousins likes to save his money. He he drives the same van he drove in college that his grandma gave him. It's an old crappy van, but he, it's his van. It's what he does. He wants to save money. Why, why spend a bunch of money on a car when you don't have to? And I respect that. I like that. That's why I live my life. I drive a 95 Corolla. I'm never going to upgrade until I have to. Until the wheels fall off of that car, mostly because it was my brother's, I'm not getting rid of it. Kirk Cousins also lives with his in-laws in the off-season. He lives in their basement to save money. That's kind of weird, but whatever. To each their own. But the message about Kirk Cousins right now is he doesn't care about money. So Kirk Cousins has a lot of options. Kirk Cousins can go wherever he wants. The Denver Broncos or the Cleveland Browns are probably as number number one and number two choices. They're the most notable choices. And they're the most extremes of each side of the spectrum. Do you want to win or do you want money? Because you're going to win the most in Denver and you're going to get the most money in Cleveland. Now, you're going to get a lot of money either place you go, whether it's Denver or any team that signs Kirk Cousins is going to give him a lot of money. You're going to make the most in Cleveland. Now, here's what the Broncos... Offer Kirk Cousins. Remember, it's about priorities. What does Kirk Cousins value the most? The Broncos are just a quarterback away. They're so close. They're so close. They have a great defense. They have a really good roster. And Denver's an awesome city. I would love to live in Denver. But they also have John Elway. You have the opportunity to have dinner with John Elway often. To have influence from John Elway, the guy that Kirk Cousins probably grew up watching and idolizing. And if you go to Denver, if Kirk Cousins goes to Denver, he has a chance to win a Super Bowl. Cleveland Browns were 0 16. Cleveland Browns are a mess. They're a, this is putting it nicely, the Cleveland Browns give you an opportunity to rebuild. That's like the most positive, nice way to look at it. The truth is the Cleveland Browns are a dumpster fire. They're awful. If you go there, you're selling out. You want to be a hero. Hey, we'll pay you more than anybody else in the history of the NFL. Oh, there's a catch to that though. If you fail, we'll hate you because you took all our money. But you could be a hero. We'll build a statue of you. Me, me, I would love to live in Cleveland. I'll live in Cleveland tomorrow, but I will say skiing is far better in Denver because I don't think there even is skiing in Ohio. I'm really curious to see what Kirk Cousins does. Where are Kirk Cousins' priorities? Does he want to be the hero, savior of a city? Does he want to be paid like no other? Possibly overpaid, where if you pay Kirk Cousins too much, he's gonna always be remembered as the guy that you paid bucket loads of money and didn't have it, wasn't successful. Or do you wanna be Kirk Cousins, the guy who won a lot in Denver? Do you wanna be remembered as the guy who made thirty-five million and was terrible at the Browns? Or the guy who made twenty-five million and won maybe a Super Bowl? Because that, that's the difference, man. It's not that bad. It's not that great. If I'm Kirk Cousins, I'm choosing Denver. I want to be happy. I want to win. And I want to work with good teammates. Because that's what Kirk Cousins will get in Denver. We will see what happens. I would be very surprised if Kirk Cousins does not go to Denver. <clears throat> 49ers fans, you guys want me to talk about the 49ers? I know that you guys love them. I I, I love, them. I enjoy the 49ers. There, I I've never been this close to a team. I've never followed a team this closely before. It's a ton of fun, man. I I, I like the community. I've been to San Francisco many times. I really like San Francisco, and I, I I like following the 49ers. They're they're an interesting franchise. I really do. I enjoy it. I'm excited. Their future's good. here's the thing. Recently, everyone's talking about. Uh, the fact that the 49ers need a running back. So the, the common belief is the 49ers need to draft a running back. They need to find some kind of solution because everybody thinks Carlos Hyde isn't any good. I'm probably regret this topic because in hindsight, I wish I'd done more preparation, but I want to say, I looked at the NFL draft and the truth is that Ronald Johnson and Darius Geis, LSU's running back and USC's running back, Probably not going to get them in the draft because they're, they're projected first-round running backs, and I'll be darned if the 49ers don't pick a defensive guy with a number uh, th- 11th pick I think they have. If you don't pick defense with the 49ers' first pick, that's a huge mistake in my opinion. Get a guy who can play immediately, and you're not going to get Saquon Barkley. It's never happening. So who's left? Who, who's available in the NFL draft that the Browns could use to replace Carlos Hyde? Here's my favorite. But there's every guy I'm going to name has limitations because there's a reason they're not a first-round draft pick. So I like Rashad Penny from San Diego State. I like him a lot. I really do. Um, He's a single-season rushing record holder uh, for the San Diego State, I think, Aztecs. He beat Marshall Falk's record, which is pretty cool. Now, there's a caveat to that, though. The catch-22 with that is you can be awesome. You set all these records— you also got the ball a lot, which means your body, Rashad Penny, got a lot of hits in college. He got hit over and over and over again, and he's not an incredible athlete. I do like him. The guy can catch the ball really well out of the backfield. I think he's, he's my favorite running back in this draft. The, the, of all the guys who aren't obviously really great, I like Rashad Penny a lot. He will be available in the later rounds. Keep your eye on Rashad Penny. I don't know if he's very fast. He played average to, to not great competition in the Mountain West. But hey, I, I like Rashad Penny a lot. There's a couple other guys I like. I like Nick Chubb from Georgia. I like Sony Michelle from Georgia. I like on Johnson from Alabama, although I think on Johnson carries his pads a little too high. He's pretty loose with the ball. That scares me a lot. Now, Kalen Ballage I don't know if I said that right, from Arizona State is really underrated. Kalen's great. He could be a steal in the later rounds of the draft. I, I like, he's got a, a, a tall, a bigger frame, a little more slender, but he, I like his vision. I think he's actually a really good running back. I would, I would, I would wait on him and take him in the fourth round, maybe. He's a steal if you can get him. Well, the truth is, I'm looking at all these running backs in the NFL draft, and, and I don't, I don't see that any of them are better than Carlos Hyde. I don't know that any of them are an improvement on Carlos Hyde. I draft a running back, but I, I, I keep Carlos Hyde around. I, I think people are, kind of being unfair to Carlos Hyde. You got to remember early in the year, this guy didn't have a quarterback. And when you don't have a quarterback, it's incredibly hard to be successful as a running back. Please don't screenshot that. I saw that. That was a terrible face I just made. I was like, "Um, point is if you don't have a quarterback at running as a running back, you can stack the box. You can dedicate eight guys to stop the run. And then you're screwed. If your quarterback can't win over the top with an eight man rush, it's over can't run the ball and I think I really think people are blaming Carlos Hyde for things that were not his fault now I get it injuries are a fair concern with Carlos Hyde he's been injured a lot in the past And 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 he did have a very costly fumble against the Carolina Panthers I get it but to take emotion out of it did Carlos Hyde not play better with Jimmy Garoppolo in the lineup if you don't like Carlos Hyde, I'm really I would love to hear why. Please leave a comment below. Tell me why you don't like Carlos Hyde. I'm really curious. I I'm very interested to know because I think Carlos Hyde has it. I really do. I'm I'm willing to give Carlos Hyde another chance. I'll revisit this topic, I promise. I'm gonna revisit uh the run I'm gonna hopefully do a lot more draft coverage later. I need more time to prepare and look into it. This is just kind of my initial look at the running backs in the NFL draft. I was like I'm not that impressed. And I think Carlos Hyde is better. I really do. I really do. I think Carlos Hyde is worth keeping around. And I don't know that anybody attainable for the 49ers in the NFL draft is really an improvement on Carlos Hyde. I don't think so. I keep Carlos Hyde around. Guy can catch. Guy can run. He's a good running back. I like him. I really do. And I think he's he's poised to make a have a breakout season this year. I really do. You hear what he said about the Super Bowl, by the way? Carlos Hyde said if the... 49ers that had Jimmy Garoppolo all year. They're a Super Bowl team. And I, I agree with him. I really do. So I, I'm excited, man. I really think the future of the 49ers is bright. And I and I hope. You might hate me for this. We can disagree. That's fine. We can all be friends. I actually hope that Carlos Hyde is a part of the future for the San Francisco 49ers. I really do. God, it's cold outside. It's it's this blizzard outside. It's crazy. My lips are chapped. It's a mess. It's really a mess. <laughs> I have to walk to a basketball game in about, I don't know, as if I have a watch. I don't have a watch. I, I, I In a couple of hours, at five o'clock, I have to be at a basketball game. I have to walk there. and It's snowing like crazy. I'm a little bit concerned. My main problem with Cam Newton is his inconsistency. He's really hot, and then he's really cold. And that it's hard to work with people who are inconsistent. If If I expect you to be at work every day at the same time, and you're not it's hard to work with you. If you don't give me the same effort or the same, uh, if you don't do the same thing every time, I'm like, I don't know how to, how do I work with you? You have to start preparing for inconsistency if someone's inconsistent. And I don't, I don't want the leader of my franchise, I don't want my franchise quarterback, AKA Cam Newton, I don't want that guy to have an inconsistent personality, which he does. That's why I don't like Cam Newton. I'm, I don't hate him. I, people think I hate Cam Newton. I don't hate Cam Newton. I struggle with his inconsistency. I struggle with my own inconsistency. I feel bad if I don't do a show every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If I if I'm a late, if I'm a day late, like I'm a day late today, I'm doing it on Saturday. I feel bad about that. I feel terrible. I'm I'm on time to work. I'm the guy that shows up. I feel bad if I'm late. I feel bad if I'm not this if I don't bring the same level of talent every time. It, it scares me. So Mike Shula is the former Panthers offensive coordinator. He was fired by the Panthers at the end of this season. A season which the Panthers made the playoffs. Lost in the wild card round, but they made the playoffs. They did well. Well, the New York Giants just hired Mike Shula, the again the former Panthers offensive coordinator as the new offensive coordinator in New York for the Giants. I like this move. I think this is a good hire. I really do. Now people argue, well, Cam Newton didn't have a great year, so clearly Mike Shula's not a great coach. The number one job of an offensive coordinator is to design plays that put your guys in position to be successful and then coach them up when they make mistakes. Again, play design put your guys in a position to be successful, and then coaching them up when they make mistakes. Cam Newton rushed for a career-high 754 yards last season. Cam Newton rushed for a career-high 754 yards last season. Now, Cam's career completion percentage is... 58.5. That's that's not very good. That's, That's the mark of a quarterback who's inconsistent. Now, last season in 2017, Mike Shula designed plays that put Cam Newton in his best situation to be successful. He changed the offense a little bit. He used Cam Newton's legs. He ran the ball more. He used Christian McCaffrey differently. He was creative. And he put Cam Newton in a position to be successful. And it worked. They made the playoffs. They had a great season. And he got fired. Just wrong and stupid. But last, I'm reading headlines. I'm looking back at the season, looking back through the season, reading headlines like this. These were headlines written about the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton is running the Panthers' evolved offense to perfection. That's one of the headlines. Another, headlines was, another headline was, Cam Newton is running to win. Cam Newton running the ball to help the Carolina Panthers win. So we saw, we saw all kinds of headlines about, wow, the Panthers offense has evolved. It's different. It's better. Cam Newton's running the ball really well. We also would see headlines like this. Cam Newton is just not right this season. Cam Newton's off. Cam Newton isn't in the right headspace. Cam Newton's really hard to coach. He has the highest of highs and then the lowest of lows. You can't work with someone who you don't know what they're going to bring to the table every day. Inconsistency is the hardest thing to coach in the NFL. Mike Shula cannot put a helmet on and play. The Carolina Panthers can't play quarterback. He has to call plays that help Cam Newton. Mike Shula has to put Cam Newton in a position to be successful. And then it's up to Cam. You can coach up Cam Newton's mistakes, but it's up to Cam whether he's successful or not. Mike Shula is going to help the Giants' offense. Mike Shula is a good hire in New York. It's hard to coach Cam Newton. I think he's better off where he can have a new quarterback that's young and a guy who's more consistent because Cam Newton is hard to work with. I'll say this about Cam. I don't like Cam Newton very much. I don't like his personality. I don't like the way he dresses. Sure, he's fashionable. I just it's not me. Look at me. I'm wearing boring dad clothes. That's how I dress. But I will say this about Cam Newton. I was watching in the playoffs when he played the Saints and he got his bell rung. He got rocked. And he stayed in the game. It was really good. I thought that was really gutsy. I was impressed with that. And he almost pulled it out. Cam Newton almost beat the Saints in the playoffs. Don't forget. Say whatever you want about Cam Newton. There was a really bad drop in the the end zone. I don't like to make excuses for guys. I just did. I I feel weird about it. But I was impressed with Cam Newton at the end of the season in the playoffs. I really was. So people think I hate Cam Newton. I don't. I just don't like his inconsistency. It would be hard to work with someone who is that inconsistent. All right. I have a friend who is, he's funny. He's awesome. We all love him. He's great. He's really talented at a lot of things, but I wouldn't let this guy drive my car. Did you have a friend like that? A friend who's awesome. He's really great. We love him I threw my pen, but when it comes to responsibility, we're not going to give that guy that responsibility. We're not going to trust that guy that much. I'm not giving that guy. I'm not giving that friend the keys to my car. For me, that guy is Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan is incredibly talented. And he's great at coaching defense. Though one aspect of football he's good at, he's a great defensive coordinator. He's great at defense. But I am not hiring Rex Ryan to be my head coach. No, 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 no. I'm not giving Rex Ryan the keys to my car. Now, defense, Rex Ryan is great. I can name numerous times where Rex Ryan beat the Patriots. Most notable is 2010 in the AFC Divisional Round. Rex Ryan knocked Tom Brady and the Patriots out of the playoffs in 2010. Mind you, he won with Mark Sanchez as his quarterback in New York where the swirling winds are hard to throw the football. Weak-armed, I have a weak arm, weak-armed Mark Sanchez. Rex Ryan was able to win with Mark Sanchez because his defenses were incredible. I would hire Rex Ryan. As my defensive coordinator, not my head coach. But Rex Ryan's great at defense. He's consistently was, he was consistently in the top rankings of all defensive categories. Rex Ryan's awesome as a coach, as a defensive coordinator, not a head coach. But I would. I, I would hire Rex Ryan. And I, I want to see Rex Ryan come back to football. I miss the guy. He's awesome. You know who Mike Leach is? Mike Leach is Washington State. University's head football coach and Mike Leach and Rex Ryan are so similar. They do not care. They say whatever they want, and I want that guy back in football. I so badly. I love Rex. I miss Rex, and I want to see Rex Ryan coaching again in the NFL. I gotta, I gotta ask. Why, why does Rex Ryan never coach in college? Why did Rex Ryan never do that? I don't know. Is it because? Well, first of all, of course he's not a head coach uh, in college because he's not very detail oriented. He doesn't. He just doesn't. Doesn't do that. So maybe that's why Rex Ryan will never be a college head coach. But why not? I would love to see Rex Ryan coach in college. If I'm 18 years old, like I was recently, how old do you think I am? You have no idea. I'm very curious. Um, If I'm a guy entering college, and I I did this process once. I got recruited for football. It was awesome. Met a bunch of coaches. If I'm in the room with Rex Ryan, dude, I want to play with him. I love Rex Ryan. I would love to play with him. I'm just curious, why doesn't Rex Ryan try coaching in college? I would love to know. Is it because Rex Ryan thinks he's a defensive guy? Is it because he thinks he can't branch out, like you know, on defense? I struggle with quarterbacks, and you need a quarterback to win in college. Is that the mindset? I don't know. I don't really understand. Is it maybe because Rex Ryan's dad was an NFL coach, and he maybe prefers the NFL because it's easier? To, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I don't understand why isn't Rex Ryan ever been. A head coach in college. I'm curious. Maybe, again, it's because he doesn't want to deal with that. He doesn't want to deal with 18 to 21-year-olds. And I, I get that. I, maybe, maybe trusting Rex Ryan with college kids is not a good idea. I don't know. But I, I want to see Rex Ryan back in football. I would love to see Rex Ryan back. Dude would be great for my show. That's selfish of me. But, man, Rex Ryan would make this show more fun. We would, I would love to talk about Rex Ryan and his crazy quotes. It would be a ton of fun. Uh, my good friend Laura is a Laura. My good friend Laura is a broadcasting student here at Washington State. Good, good really good friend of mine. I talked about her uh, in the Super Bowl episode. I went and picked her up in the middle of the Super Bowl because that's how close we are. Like I really, I would do a lot of, I, I would do almost anything for Laura. She's a good friend of mine. She supported me a lot. Really good friend. Um, helped me through football season. We worked together on the on the sideline of games. Uh, it's awesome. Laura loves sports, and I wanted to have Laura on camera. I wanted to help get Laura on camera cuz she's a broadcasting student and uh, I wanted to help her out. You should see Laura watch a football game by the way. My goodness. It scares me. Like I- I'm pretty reserved, pretty quiet. Laura's yelling, she's angry. I'm like, "Man, this girl gets football. It's fun." So, uh, Laura came over on Thursday. We talked about the demise of the Seahawks, why we think the Seahawks are really screwed. We talked about the Seahawks. We also talked about Lonzo Ball and LeBron James, kind of that dynamic A little bit of Lonzo Ball and his dad. I don't understand. Lara has a, a cool relationship with her dad. So we talked about Lonzo Ball and his dad. I'm going to insert Lara's conversation right here. So please enjoy. This is Lara Schick and me talking about Seahawks and then Lonzo Ball. Lara, I want your opinion on the Seattle Seahawks. I look at their season next year and I'm really worried about them. The Rams are finally good the 49ers are making a resurgence. They just got Jimmy Garoppolo. And I actually look at the Seahawks, I'm like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs next year. Mm-hmm. Like, they actually have significant problems, and I don't know how they're going to solve them. What do you think of the Seahawks?
1: Yeah, I would say I'm definitely worried. I In the past, they've never really been a consistent team. So having hope for them, I've had hope for them. But this year, not so much.
0: You make a good point. I actually hadn't thought about that. But you think about it, the Seahawks... Had a great couple of years and they looked like they were building a dynasty. Then they lose to the Patriots on that horrible play on the goal line. But they should have just ran the ball. Whatever. Point, point. uh Regardless, they looked like they were building something. They lost to the Patriots and they haven't been the same ever since. Yeah, and you're right. They they are kind of falling away. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the NFC so- next year, you have Aaron Rodgers is coming back, mm-hmm. so the Packers are going to be good. The Lions are making a resurgence with Matthew Stafford. They just got a new head coach. The Falcons will be back. The Cowboys won't have an Ezekiel Elliott suspension. Saints will be good. The Eagles will be good. The NFC is chock full of really good teams, and I, don't, I just don't see a way the Seahawks make it into the playoffs.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. On top of all of that, their roster is depleting. They have 15 unrestricted free agents, starting with Jimmy Graham, Thomas Rawls, Byron Maxwell, and Paul Richardson. So leaving them honestly with Russell Wilson to hold the offense.
0: I mean, it's true. They really only have Russell Wilson. He, it's that's the biggest problem with the Seahawks. They have no offensive line. They have an aging defense, and they're just Russell Wilson. Yeah. And how would that work out last year? It didn't work out. Mm-hmm. They didn't make the playoffs. Russell Wilson had 32 of their 35 offensive touchdowns, and that's not enough. A Russell Wilson can't carry a team on his own. It really. If Aaron Rodgers can't do it, if Aaron Rodgers can't make, will his team to the Super Bowl, sure as hell Russell Wilson can't. Yeah. And I just I see an aging defense. They're not as old as you think. You mm-hmm. see, Richard Sherman's 29, Cam Chancellor's 29. Earl Thomas, 28. Bobby Wagner, 27. That's not actually that old, but you're getting up there. You're in their last couple years of your prime. Mm-hmm. And I just I, – I, the big problem with me is they, they struggle with uh, injuries.
1: Yeah, definitely. If
0: they, hadn't, if they hadn't been injured, I'd feel better about their age. Mm-hmm. But because they keep having smaller injuries, I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, I don't think it's sustainable. I don't trust them or believe in them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you want to talk about injuries, and I think injuries, you can either come back from them or you can't come back from them. Look yeah. at RG3. He couldn't come back from his ACL tear. He – was great for a little bit, but he couldn't come back from it. And I think I'm hoping the Legion of Boom can come back and be as great as they can because people say defense wins games. But I'm not sure about that one this year.
0: Well, the problem with an aging body is you don't recover as fast or as well. Yeah. So they they could be fine in August, mm-hmm. but are they going to be healthy in November? That's the problem. Is mm-hmm. are they going to keep having the same running into the same wall over and over again with really having injuries? Yeah. And talk about running into the same wall. Here's what drives me nuts about Seahawks offensive line is still an issue yes it's i don't know how you don't how do you not fix it by now yeah if if my mom told me to do the dishes every single night and i was like yeah sure i'll get to it and i promised i would but i never did three years later that'd be an issue you it, they keep saying they want to deal with the offensive line and they're not dealing with the problem and, and i don't know how you i just until you fix the offensive line you're not gonna win
1: yeah and going off of that i feel like it's more seahawks it's almost like they believe in putting a band-aid on it Like, they're believing Mm. that they can fix it temporarily, but they haven't fixed the problem. The issue is that their offensive line isn't strong. It hasn't been strong. And they feel like, I feel like they keep losing key players to the offensive line versus building on them. And what do they do every draft? They say they're going to choose one. They don't. So, when is it going to be time when they choose an offensive lineman or people that can help their offensive line? Who knows?
0: Well, even if they do, here's something. I don't know if you know this. The way the, the difference between uh, the difference between the NFL and the college football is is getting more and more uh, separate. Yes, I agree. So offensive line men um, coming to the NFL from college, they're not ready to play. Yeah, takes them two three years to get ready to play. Yeah, you got to bring in veterans. So I like Dwayne Brown; they brought in from the Texans. Yes, awesome. But you you need to solidify your your offensive line, and they're not making it happen.
1: I think you make a key point there because I think when people do bring in draft players. If they're going to play that year, they're usually like wide receivers or running backs because yeah. that's a different that's a different topic. But when you're talking about offensive line, most teams have a, a strong offensive line. So for us to not even have that, what do we build off of?
0: It's, it's worse than Andrew Lux. It's yeah. worse than the Colts. People don't understand how good Russell Wilson is mm-hmm. and how much he makes... Miracles happen with nothing. He'll he'll draw back and have a guy in his face immediately. Where Tom Brady, even Aaron Rodgers, could not win with the Seahawks offensive line. And people say we pay Russell Wilson too much. You don't you know you don't understand football. Yeah, you don't realize how much Russell Wilson puts up, and then how much he puts the team on his back. It's unbelievable. Drives me nuts. I couldn't
1: agree more with you. I think not only he he kind of reminds me of Aaron Rodgers in a sense. They both scramble a lot. The difference between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson is that Aaron Rodgers does have an offensive line. We don't. So I think your offensive line is like your brick wall in retrospective, I guess you could say. And if you don't have that, how is he protected? So he's going to scramble as much as he can so he can make a play. And like I, I think we've talked about this before is Russell Wilson does not get enough credit.
0: Yeah, drives me nuts. Can we talk about Lonzo Ball? Yeah. So I, I've been, I don't know if you've been following the Lonzo Ball saga. Uh, I, I see a weird father-son relationship. I just don't know what to make of it. Yeah. And, and I, so I'm going to I'm gonna go through the things that LaVar Ball has done for Lonzo, both good and bad. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to see what you think of it. So okay. LaVar Ball, Lonzo's dad, told him, we're not going to sign a shoe deal. Don't take the money from Nike or Adidas or Under Armour. We're going to start our own company, Big Baller brand. It's your company, your shoe. Don't sign the big contract. So he lost a ton of money there. He also said his whole life, son, you're going to grow up and you're going to play for the Lakers. Hey, that, that one came true. That one actually happened. Mm-hmm. So I understand why he, he trusts his dad. His dad so far has been right. Yeah. But then the next thing he did is he took Lonzo's younger brothers, Leangelo and the out of high school and out of college, took them to Lithuania to play basketball. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. If someone did that to my younger brother, I'd be like, ah, is that the right thing? Yeah. But regardless, he trusts his dad. He keeps going with it. Yeah. The recent thing he just said. The recent thing LeVar Ball, the dad, said about Lonzo Ball, the son, was, if the Lakers do not take Leangelo and Lamello, the two younger brothers, my son Lonzo will leave the Lakers and will not re-sign with them. He'll go find another team that will take him. And I just, I don't, I just see a really precarious relationship between father and son, and I want your opinion. How long does this last? Because if I'm Lonzo, I'm like, look, my dad's loud, he's annoying, and I don't know how much longer I'm going to go along with all the charades and all the craziness my dad brings.
1: Yeah. I mean, for the dad to make choices for Lonzo, I think that's kind of undercutting what Lonzo could do, you know, Um, for he, for him to say that if his other sons cannot play with the Lakers, what if Lonzo wants to play with the Lakers, continue to play with them. And I get where his dad's coming from. Yeah. Maybe he wants all of his sons to be on the same team and that's a dream. I get it. Yeah. But why can't you take a step back and understand that Lonzo isn't the NBA he is being, he's successful and yeah. he's going to continue to be successful.
0: He's an adult. And
1: you can celebrate his success with him instead yeah. of making him feel like he needs to make choices for his dad. And I think mixing family with business is an extremely hard point in anyone's life.
0: Yeah. Cause you have so much money. And so it's not only the money tied up, yeah. it's your dad. Yeah. How do you turn your back on your dad? And I don't know if my dad, if I was about to sign a broadcasting contract yeah. and my dad said, no, no, no. He's not going to do this. I'd say, Dad, why are you speaking for me? Mm-hmm. But I'm afraid that maybe Lonzo is so afraid to talk to. Him. See, he's so afraid to con- uh, confront his dad. I really, I, I wonder, mm-hmm. is he afraid to confront his dad and say, Hey, Dad, I'm an adult. I'm a, I'm an NBA player. This is my thing. It's just weird. It's like he's still. It's like he lives at home. He still going along with his dad. I just don't understand it. It really concerns me.
1: Yeah, and I can see it being an ongoing struggle, to be honest. Um, I think that. If Lonzo said, no dad, I'm going to do it myself. I'm sure his father is going to be very upset with him. Mm. And how long can you take that in your life? It's hard not to have a relationship with your father. It's hard yeah. to be upset with them. Um, I've learned that personally, you know, I have a love, I love my dad so much, but there's things I don't agree with and that doesn't make him a bad person. That doesn't make me a bad person that I feel that way, but in the end and grand scheme of things. I decided to look past the differences and love my dad for who he is. But there's not the professional athlete on the line. Like, I don't yeah. have that yeah, in my Yeah, take life. the
0: gear scenario and ratchet it up times a million. million. And so Literally, like, there's millions of dollars yeah. on the line. It's crazy.
1: And I can't imagine that. I can't imagine him saying, like, Dad, I'm going to do what I'm going to do for myself because I believe in myself. Like, it's just... He needs to take a step back and his dad needs to understand that and celebrate his career for his son because he's, he's made it to the NBA. Yeah. How many people do that?
0: I'll make an example for you. Uh, in high school, I switched schools. I went from a school in Portland to a school across the river in Vancouver, Washington Mm -hmm. to play on a different football team. Mm -hmm. And I asked my dad for help. I said, Hey dad, I want to play at a different program. Can you help me figure this out? Yeah. But if my dad had told me, Hey, you're going to leave this high school for another high school. i would say, what about my friends? I like my friends at my first high school. I, that didn't happen. I asked for help, but I don't want my dad dictating my life or my future at all. Even, but, even if I live under his roof.
1: Do you think that if your dad did tell you that at that time in your life, would you listen to him?
0: So I think it's probably because I, I, I trust so my too. dad. Right? I would. Yeah. I would
1: listen to my dad too. Because
0: we trust our dads.
1: Yeah, growing up, that's all you look up to is your parents. And in life, you don't you can't trust many people. I mean, yeah. I think you and I both can contest that. Yeah. So if your dad tells you to do something. I would do it. If my dad told me, this is going to be good for you, I'm going to be like, maybe I don't agree with you, but I'm going to do it because I trust my father. So if we put ourselves in his shoes, we can maybe understand where he's coming from. But I agree with you that his father shouldn't dictate his path nor his journey throughout the NBA.
0: Would you take Lonzo on your team? Because I've talked about, uh, yes, uh, two days ago, yesterday, maybe I talked about uh LeBron James mm-hmm. how if LeBron James made demands I would do it because mm-hmm. LeBron James has I need LeBron James more than he needs me mm-hmm. and I don't think the Lakers need Lonzo more than he needs them does that mm-hmm. make sense yeah that Lonzo totally makes Ball sense. doesn't have a lot of power with the Lakers yeah and I think he's overreaching
1: yeah um I, I I agree with you I think LeBron James does have the power to do that he's played his way through the NBA to show that he showed everyone that he's one of the greatest players in NBA history
0: yeah do you think any teams would put up with the Lavar Ball, Ball family mess? Like, would the. I, I want the Brooklyn Nets to take Alonzo Ball. If this happens, if. Because what I really want to see is Lonzo Ball and LeBron James in the same team, I think that'd be fun. Yeah. But if we don't get that, yeah. if we do need. If some NBA team needs to have all three brothers, I want the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. I want to see Lonzo Ball and the Ball family in New York. I think that'd be interesting. It'd be fun. It's traditionally a Knicks town. Mm-hmm. So to see. That circus in New York could be a ton of fun. Yeah. If I'm not going to get LeBron and Lonzo, at least I want a mess that's fun to cover and talk about.
1: I was just going to say that. I think that they're they're all very talented athletes. Yeah. Number one, hands down. Yeah. Sports is a lot about politics and media coverage. And, you know, it's number one, having a good team is the first priority. But number two is like how much is your team covered? Yeah. If you had all three brothers, your coverage would be out the roof. I mean, especially saying that their dad has said, "I want all of my three sons to play on one team," and that's going to happen. Yeah. What?
0: I what about- kind of human yeah.
1: can say that and for it to happen?
0: <laughs> I compare it to a science experiment, like, oh, let's like in chemistry, let's mix the this and this and see what happens.
1: I don't know. What's my hypothesis? Oh, they're going to make it on the same team. <laughs> but it worked. But what will what
0: happen? You put all three brothers in NBA. Yeah. I just want to know what happens. I they'll probably get killed. But that's a, a ton of fun to watch. Yeah. I'm curious. I want to know. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. I, yeah. I really, really... The NBA is all about... Sports in general is all about drama. Because mm-hmm. again, you're right. If you're not going to win a championship, be interesting. Do something that grabs my attention. And that that would grab... For a bad franchise like the Phoenix Suns or the Brooklyn Nets, that would grab my attention more than anything else. For sure. I, I mean, remember when Lonzo Ball's girlfriend got pregnant? Mm-hmm. I saw people that... I had no idea they even knew who Lonzo Ball was. I didn't know they liked sports. We're like, <laughs> hey, did you see Lonzo Ball's girlfriend's pregnant? I'm like, what? what? The dude's a superstar.
1: It's it- media coverage.
0: He's not even a good basketball player. And he's a huge superstar. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's really like, wow.
1: It's kind of like the world we live in. Why are the Kardashians famous? Who the <laughs> who <hell> knows? knows?
0: <laughs> but man, they have a lot of television numbers. I mean, people want to see that. Yeah, and I'll be quite frank I know people are mad and they don't like Lonza Ball LaVar Ball I get why people don't mm-hmm. I love it yeah. I, I, it's like it's like blood sport for me I think it's so fascinating Like, well, and, I, and I you just, and I have
1: talked about this before is like there's that enemy in sports why does that exist because it brings viewers in yeah. and what brings viewers is it makes profit Star so, Wars is
0: better with Darth Vader yeah you need you need villains the Patriots are a great villain and the Ball sure as hell is a great villain
1: Keeps the storyline going, I would say.
0: Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Is, do you have anything else to add?
1: No, I think we covered everything, and I'm glad I was able to share my opinion.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for coming. I, I look forward to having you back in the future. I think the more we work together, the better it will be, and I'm really excited for working together with you in the future.
1: Me too. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate it.
0: All right, guys, that's the show. Thank you so much for listening and watching. I really appreciate it. Um, I already started prepping Monday's show, and Monday is going to be awesome. I got some really great stories. I'm working really hard. I want to talk about college quarterbacks. I just wanted more time to prep that topic because I want to get it right. If I'm going to make claims about guys in college, I want to get it right. So I've been working really hard on talking on preparing a topic about the college football quarterbacks that are entering the NFL draft. I'm working camera at a basketball game tonight. So this episode may or may not post later tonight, Saturday around 8 o'clock. I hope to get it out earlier, but I have to be at a basketball game at five to operate a camera. So doing my best. Hope to get it out soon. But man, I, I love you guys so much. I, I, I love doing this podcast. I love that you guys support me. It's really cool. Um, I just, I appreciate it, you guys. I, I, I've, I've never, I, I really, I get a lot of hate on YouTube. I really do. But man, I get way more positive comments. I get way more like, you're awesome. I love your show. And it just, it means a lot to me. It really does. Please continue. I, I want to grow this. This is my dream. I want to do this as my job. I would love to, if I get to two grand a month, that's all I need. I need enough money to survive and make my podcast. And that would be awesome. I'm ambitious. I'd like to take over the world, obviously, but man, like I just want to get there. And once we get there, we can do, I want to put this show on Twitch. I want to stream this show live. I want to hire Spencer to be my producer and we can do even more stuff. We could probably do a show every day. I I have so many dreams and so many aspirations and strong opinion sports is the way to get there. And I Really appreciate you guys watching and supporting and I generally seem to like my show, which I, <laughs> it means so much to me because I love my show and I think my show is awesome. But to have other people say that they like it too means, means the world to me. It, it's so cool. So again, if you like Strong Opinion Sports, share this with your friends on Facebook, on Twitter, or on Instagram, share the link. Um You guys know the drill. I mean, if you've watched to this point in the video, you guys know the drill and I, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys so much. Keep telling your friends about it. I really appreciate it. Again, Uh, no classes on Monday. I it's, I think it's president's day. I have no classes on Monday, which means that I can record my show like at 8am. We're going to get it ready. We're going to get it going. I'm going to put strong opinion sports out. Hopefully by, I'm going to do this by one o'clock on Monday. Bam. I'm, I'm pretty sure I can do that. I can meet that deadline. I want to get it out early so you guys can watch it before you leave work or whether you're on your lunch break or driving home in the Bay area. I don't know, but I want to get strong opinion sports out earlier for you guys on Monday. And I will be doing a show. Other people will take the day off. They might say, oh, I'm not going to record a podcast or I'm not going to do a show. I'm going to take the day off to hang out with my family. Your boy, Zach, I'm aware that those are the days I can make a difference. So if, and everybody else takes a day off, you don't want to hear backup radio host. Tell your friends, listen to me. Cause I, I will be here. I'll be making shows. I'll be making a podcast. I'm very, very excited. Uh, man, thank you so much. My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I really appreciate you guys. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy your weekend. I got, man, Monday's going to be awesome. Monday's a great show, ready and prepared to go. So, have a great day. Enjoy your weekend and have a great one, everybody. Bam, bum, bam, we're done.